This is the Planet Rygate Podcast. Hello, Planeteers. It's episode five of the Planet Rygate Podcast. I'm Peter Stewart. What have we got lined up for you this week? Well, we've got some what's-ons in our Planet Rygate planner. We're also telling you about the news and the weather from this area. We've got Planet Rygate stars, and we've got a really fantastic story for you this week from Stripey Stalk. We've got our Crack the Code competition, Hidden Treasure, our 60-second soundscape to end the show as usual. Plus, we're going to be hearing about vintage vehicles which have been on display in Rygate, and also soups, stews and salads from a local business called Lucy's Ladle. All that and more across Rygate and Redhill and Merstham too. Buckland, Betchworth, Brockham and Bletchingley. This is the Planet Rygate Podcast. I'm Peter Stewart. Welcome to today's show. So, what's going on? The Good Time Guide. Things to do and places to go on the Planet Rygate podcast. Well, as we heard in last week's show, the Red Hill Brick and Model Show is returning for the fourth event and is happening today as we go live, 14th of October. No need to pre-book tickets, all tickets available on the door through the day and all the money raised goes back into the 17th Rygate Scout Group. So if you want some more details, listen back to last week's show, but essentially anything to do with bricks and model making, you know the kind of bricks we're talking about, and it is today, the 14th, 10 till 4, at the Davis Scout Centre, Labrook Road in Redhill. Adults £5 and children £2. So uh, that's what's going on in Red Hill today. Also, we can tell you about the Rygate Priory School holding their annual fireworks fundraiser today. And now the fireworks start at 7.30 and it's all to commemorate the school's founding. And they uh, write to apologise for any disturbance or inconvenience caused. So that's the Rygate Priory School and their annual fireworks fundraiser this very evening. Also, we've got a bit of an advisory about tomorrow, because if you're in Betchworth and Brockham, then you're likely to see some flower on the floor. Not the flower that grows. Well, kind of the flower that grows, but, you know, not like daisies and dandelions and, and things like that, but actually wheat flower. Good heavens, watch out if you're a celiac. Heavens. Now, the trail because that's what it is, it's line of flower, it's for the Westrum and North Kent Hash, which is a group of non-competitive walkers and runners who's going to start and finish at the Tap House in Brockham at 11am for one and a half hours. Uh, they're right and say they're very friendly, they'd love it if anyone would care to join them, because their ages at the moment go from four and a half to 92, and they always finish in a pub for a jolly beer or two as well. And uh, they say, you can spread that around, because... Some people may wonder what these white blobs or circles of flour are and attempt to rub them out, and that'll rather spoil the trail, says Neil, a.k.a. Hash Flash. So now you know. If you see a trail of flour in Betchworth and Brockham tomorrow Sunday, now you know what it's all about. We've got another thing to tell you about on Monday... There's uh, a public meeting about the new community orchard. Yeah, Woodhatch Green Spaces Preservation Group has got permission from Rygate and Banstead Borough Council to plant a new community orchard. It's going to be in one of the fields at New Pond Farm, uh, opposite 
Shall I say that again? New Pond Farm, opposite Earlswood Lakes Car Park. And you can go along, you can learn all about the project, how to get involved. And uh, that's all going to be discussed at their planning meeting. So it's Monday, this coming Monday the 16th, between 6.30 and 8 o'clock. And it's at Woodhatch Community Centre. You know where that is. White Beam Drive, it says, to enable this exciting project to succeed. We're looking for more volunteers to help. So details on that. On Wednesday, Wednesday the 18th, they got a members meeting of the Rygate Business Guild. And it's going to be happening at 9.30 in the morning at the Town Hall. And they say, as usual, please register on their events page or their website if you're planning to attend. That's Rygate Business Guild, meeting 9.30 in the morning on this coming Wednesday. Now, Pete wrote to me from the Archway Theatre, which is in Hawley. And forgive me if I actually read out what Pete said. He said, thank you, Peter. Many thanks to you for your many years of reporting local news. And <laughs> he's, he's, he's got my number, hasn't he? Uh, and uh, for setting up this wonderful hyper-local podcast. Pete says, with local print and broadcast media becoming ever more regional, Planet Rygate is very much needed. Pete, thank you so much indeed for your words. Yeah, if you want to know a bit more about me, listen back to some of our pre-launch episodes, which are still available on the podcast app. Uh, Search for those under, of course, the Planet Rygate podcast. Anyway, yeah, the Archway Theatre. Do you know the Archway Theatre down in Hawley? I've been there a couple of times. It is really, really cute. It's set in an archway, and the archway has 95 seats. There's a little refurbished bar where you can go and have a a few drinks either before or afterwards. And it's one of Surrey's leading rep drama companies. And it is actually set in atmospheric railway arches down in Hawley. It's been going for 70 years, and they really kind of push the boundaries of all sorts of arts and entertainments, comedies, musical, pantomimes... And a little bit of Shakespeare is going on down at RH6, 7NQ. Yeah, King Lear performing from 7.45 this coming Thursday, Friday and Saturday as well. Archwaytheatre.com if you want to know a little bit more about that. And this is for next Saturday, so a bit of advance notice for this. If you're looking for something cheap to do with the kids for Halloween, Hatchlands Primary School PTA are running a self-led Halloween trail on the 21st of October, which sounds quite fun. Tickets just £2.50. Booking is essential, and you can uh, check them out at Hatchlands Primary School. They're on all the social media, so uh, find where they are, and you can book up. Sounds interesting, doesn't it? A self-led Halloween trail. The Planet Rygate Podcast. Great stories from... Rygate. Still to come, we've got our news, we've got our local weather on our hyper-local broadcast, which is the Planet Rygate podcast. We're thanking some local heroes in Planet Rygate stars, and also we've got hidden treasure, courtesy of the Children's Trust on Bell Street in Rygate. All that still to come. We're here every Saturday morning while you have your weekend breakfast. Thanks a million. The Planet Rygate Podcast, helping boost local businesses. Yeah, that's what we try and do on the Planet Rygate Podcast. We're hoping to support, and hopefully we're getting it right, local groups, charities, schools, events, exhibitions, displays. I could go on. One more, businesses. 
Absolutely. If you've got a local business that you want to give a little bit of a plug to, if you've got an interesting story and you can tell us a little bit about what you do, how you do it, how it was set up and how it's going, do get in touch. Hello at theplanetrygatepodcast.com. Now, on social media, you may have seen lots of fantastic photographs, usually with a chalkboard in the middle, and lots of fantastic fresh fruit and veg all the way around, promoting various soups, stews, and salads that you can order, and they are delivered to your door. And more than that, you know that they are going to be so well homemade, and they're not going to be full of all sorts of yucky stuff and e-numbers. Have you heard about this company? Have you heard about the person that put it all together? Do you know their story? Are you intrigued to buy and to taste? Hmm, I was. So my name's Lucy and I have a small food business called Lucy's Ladle, which started during COVID actually back in March 2020. Okay, so what's the potted history of how it all started? It started when I was furloughed from my previous uh, job career, um, working for a video production company, and I wanted to help people in the community. So I offered to donate vegetable soup to my neighbours by leaving soups on the doorstep for them when they couldn't get out because of the virus. And then it grew, you decided, hold on, there's a, there's a bit of a business in this, this is growing. Yes, it was interesting. So I'd, I'd put all these little cards through people's doors offering to donate soup and a lot of people came back to me, sent me messages and called me up saying what a lovely idea and, and what a good idea. And it just sort of evolved from there, basically. Fantastic. So you mentioned soups. We've got your, one of your famous blackboards here. Yes. Um, now, obviously, this isn't necessarily what's going to be available when people hear this, because obviously we're recording it in advance. Sure. But uh, talk us through the kinds of soups that you've got. These aren't necessarily the ones you see in the chiller cabinet or the tins in Tesco's, are they? No, that's right. I mean, since the very beginning, I've always tried to be just a little bit different. I mean, there is the odd classic that, that will go on a menu, leek and potato this weekend for example but uh, I try and keep things just a little bit left field um, international there's often an international tour of soup as there is with with this menu here we've got something from Thailand something from Morocco Italy India and the good old UK with leek and potato where have you got all these fantastic set of vegetables from yeah. is, this, is this a local market or is more than that wholesalers yes I actually work with a lovely local company called Greener Greens mm-hmm. And they deliver to me every Thursday, which is perfect because I put my menus out every Friday. They work with local farmers all over the place. So here we've got a whole bunch of squash, a lot of squash. A lot of squash? <laughs> you, must have, you must have more than a dozen here. Yeah, there's 14, 15 squash in there. Not least because I'm putting a squash soup on my menu this weekend. And anything orange, for some reason, always seems to sell better than pretty much anything else. Okay, that's interesting. Um, okay. You've got some onions here, which are huge, yes. and some tomatoes on the vine, which are almost as large as the onions. Yeah, absolutely, yes. Lots of onions always needed. Lots of garlic, which I actually put away a little earlier. Lots of ginger as well. The leeks are here. Lots of tomatoes, and it's nearly all organic. It's all spray-free. Shall we talk while you while you chop, sure. while you slice and dice, or, or, yeah. or whatever you need to do? We don't no want to interrupt you too much. And while you get that going tell us it's not just the soups is it? it's also the stews as well every friday i publish a menu that would typically be a menu of five soups or a menu of three salads i take orders all day friday i cook to fulfill orders on saturday and then i deliver on a sunday but i also do stews every other tuesday is stews day 
I love it. I love it. Particularly as also that's part of my name. So that's good. That's good. There you go. So basically with the stews, there's a menu of three and there's typically always a curry and a stew and then some kind of casserole or tagine or something. And those are cooked on Tuesdays and delivered on Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. How do the salads come in? That's obviously a summer. That is more of a summer thing. I do still produce salads in the winter as well, but they just take a bit more of a backseat and I make more time for soups and stews. It sounds as though there's going to be a bit more work involved your end. It's a lot of prep in terms of the veg because it's huge amounts of veg but people love them and it's typically roasted vegetable salad so it's not a salad as you might think of lettuce tomato and cucumber it's more about sort of roasted veggies with nuts and herbs and spices and and so on and they go down well in winter as well but they just take a bit more of a back seat with for for soups and and stews which take more of a front seat in the winter and then I swap in the summertime. Okay, while, while you get your machine ready, sure. I'm going to look at your... And again, this isn't necessarily what's going to be available when you listen to the podcast, so you need to check out Lucy's uh, details a little bit later on. What have we got here? Stew's Day, chickpea and aubergine curry with coconut and coriander, sweet potato and peanut stew with black-eyed beans and spinach, lentil and squash chilli with red pepper and tomato, plant-based goodness got some good prices here as well Lucy tell me about how you pitch the the prices and and, and what you get for what yeah I mean it really all started with me wanting to help people in lockdown as I said and so the whole idea throughout has been has has always been about helping people eat better without spending too much money I try to keep things economical and I just want to encourage people to eat more vegetables and, and have a healthier diet what about allergies? Because I notice over here it says contains peanuts yes. on one of them, which obviously it does. It's actually in the name of the of, of the dish that I just mentioned. What about some of those other allergies? Your yeah. celeries, your, your celiacs and so on. That's right. So I do um, obviously have to be very careful with main allergens and I have to communicate that very carefully to my, to my customers. Celery is a main allergen. I do use celery in soups, but not that often, to Celery's be honest. really useful, though, isn't it, as a flavour enhancer? It is. It is a good flavour enhancer. Celeriac is also a a great vegetable for using in in soups but um i try to be mindful of allergy although i have to say i don't think i've any i've never had anyone coming to me telling me that they're allergic to celery and you know why i think if they were they probably wouldn't be eating mm. soup mm. because it does appear in so yeah. many soups yeah. i try to do as much as i can gluten-free but occasionally some of the salads might have couscous in or, or what have you. But I try to be mindful of, of the fact that, you know, you want to cater for everybody as much as you can. I do use nuts quite a lot in the salads and sometimes in soups, actually. Broccoli and walnut, excellent soup, oh, wow. okay. by the way. Of course, people who have allergies wouldn't, wouldn't be ordering certain dishes of mine. Predominantly, most of my customers are customers who don't need to be concerned with with allergies. And your customers are based, well, it's, it's virtually the Planet Rygate area, isn't it? So t- tell me how far you go when you, when you do your deliveries. Yes, so I cover RH1, RH2 and RH6. And it really started, I mean, I live in RH1, I'm here in Earlswood. Um, so of course, it all started literally with the roads around me when I was donating those first soups. And then Rygate area and Hawley area, I started to get customers coming to me quite soon. Well, well, from the beginning, basically. So the patch just sort of grew around those postcodes. And I would love to go further afield, but it's tricky, really, to manage more than those three postcodes because I can be delivering to between 40 and 50 houses on a weekend. And that's really time-consuming, isn't it? It does take time, but I love it because that's my time with the customers. Exactly. And, uh, and, you know, back in the day when we were all locked up during COVID, it was sort of ironic because I was out 
actually meeting a lot of new faces, albeit at a distance on doorsteps. That time with the customers has also been, of course, invaluable to me in terms of talking to them about what they like, what they don't like. research. Absolutely, yes. So thanks for inviting us into your kitchen. How do people get in touch with you, whether it's for stews or soups or salads? How do they get in touch with Lucy's Ladle? The main way is uh, either through Facebook or through Instagram. I get a lot of inquiries through both of those. We love Red Hill, we love Rygate. And your um, pictures there are really popping, aren't they? Yeah, um, and Hawley Life. So some of those core Facebook, local Facebook groups... Uh, a lot of inquiries through Instagram as well. A lot of it is word of mouth as well, I have to say. And, you know, friends of, uh, of neighbours have, have joined, etc. So, And they're looking out for the name. Uh, looking out for Lucy's Ladle. <laughs> yeah, so look out for that on social media and those fantastic photos as well. And if you're wondering what those stews taste like, so was I. And I had a bit of a taste test. And you'll hear me munching my way through in a few minutes' time. A bit later on on the Planet Rygate podcast. Planet Rygate is the indoor pool at Donnings and the water sports lake at Mercer's. And this is the Planet Rygate podcast. Yeah, so we've got more from Lucy and Lucy's Ladle a little bit later on in today's edition of the Planet Rygate podcast. Plus, we've got our 60-second soundscape to end the show. And also, in the not-too-distant future, we're going to be hearing about the Surrey Vintage Vehicle Society. And I had a really good time speaking to Chaz and Alan down in Rygate, just outside the tunnel, few weeks ago and it was really interesting to catch up with them and hear more about their vintage vehicles including one you may recall we heard from last week on the planet rygate podcast okay we've got some other things to tell you about this week how do you feel about anti-social behavior and crime in red hill well surrey police has launched a survey to better understand your perceptions of anti-social behavior and crime in the town center it's all part of their ongoing work in the town and you can take part in a survey i'll give you the survey details in a few moments time it's uh, a little bit tricky but you can write it down uh, so i've been through it uh, there are questions like do you agree with the statement red hill is a nice place to live or work in with a good sense of community there's a few questions they'll ask about crime and antisocial behavior and about your feelings of safety when you walk through red hill town center particularly if you're a woman or a girl and ask you have you experienced any problems with safety what happened where did it happen and what was the outcome of that if you reported it to the police so details if you'd like to take part in that survey and obviously it's really important that you do if you possibly can smartsurvey.co.uk slash s the letter s slash redhill underscore survey let me say that for you again smartsurvey.co.uk slash s slash redhill underscore survey and we'll pop that in our show notes as well today also let me tell you about on tuesday the ymca in east surrey is holding a free online webinar welfare benefits for disabled and vulnerable people 
Now, it's only an hour and it is limited, but it is um, a free online webinar, as I say. If you're a parent or a carer, someone with disabilities, or you have some additional needs, you know, it, it can obviously be pretty complex working your way through the benefits system. So they've got a, a team of uh, specialists from the benefit system to be online to answer common benefit questions to give practical advice and guidance and as I say it is limited to only 15 people so you've got to register first and you can do that via sandia.galati at ymcaeastsurrey.org.uk I reckon if you google ymcaeastsurrey.org.uk you'll be able to get in touch with Sandia and uh, you'll be able to Book your place for that session. So that's that free online webinar, which is happening on Tuesday the 17th between 10 and 11. Also, let me tell you that Red Hill Library is definitely open. You'll know from what we've spoken about over the last couple of weeks that the adjoining Harlequin Theatre is closed while they're trying to determine how much of that dodgy concrete the Harlequin Theatre was actually built with and uh, you'll know that instead of having the arts take over during the course of the last week in the theatre it was a tremendous success over at the Belfry in fact I almost think it could be better at the Belfry for that kind of uh, thing that they were putting on over the last week I went we spoke with Kay didn't we Uh, Kay Hymus the Arts and Development Officer uh, from Rygate and Banstead Borough Council a couple of weeks ago and I've been down several times over the last week to see what they're up to do a few interviews as well that you'll be able to hear over the forthcoming weeks but uh, yeah while the harlequin is temporarily closed the library in red hill is open as usual and one more to tell you about st john's church in red hill are telling us that they've got spaces for hire Uh, so maybe you need a room for a small meeting maybe you need a larger area for a wedding reception they say they're really happy to accommodate one-off occasions or regular bookings office at stjohnsredhill.org.uk they have a refectory for large functions parties weddings and events can accommodate 96 people they've got an upstairs space for larger groups in the loft for conferences keep fit classes things like that They've also got a studio area, uh, which is in a basement room for smaller groups. They're suggesting it might be really perfect for dance practice or small children's parties, things like that. And also they've got a rehearsal space for musical groups and workshops. And also they've got a meeting room as well. In fact, they've got several meeting rooms. So if you want some more details on that, what the costs are, the availability and so on, office at stjohnsredhill.co.uk. The Planet Rygate Podcast. Great stories from Red Hill. Just about this time we get the printout of the uh, the last week's weather from Professor Weather. Just coming through at the moment. Uh, we've, we've really the weather really changed this week, didn't it? Here we go. Right, okay. What have we got here? Well, Professor Weather tells me that so far in October. Um, they've uh, recorded five days of the maximum temperature being 20 degrees or greater as of the 9th of October, uh, which again is a record high for that period of the month. And the average maximum temperature for the first eight days of October, a staggering 21.1 degrees Celsius, beating the previous high by 1.3 degrees Celsius. Almost exclusive to the Planet Rygate podcast, it is Professor Weather with his Weather Almanac. As I say, 
the Planet Rygate podcast. Planet Rygate stars, thanking local heroes who are out of this world. Still to come, we're going to be hearing from the Surrey Vintage Vehicle Society in the next few minutes after we've heard about the Planet Rygate stars, yeah, celebrating our local heroes across the area. Our 60-second soundscape is still to come. Our made-to-measure treasure, courtesy of the Children's Trust at the uh, Bell Street in Rygate store. I've been told, please mention, this item is new and it still has its tags on. Are you intrigued to know what it is? We'll hear more from Julie in the next little while on the Planet Rygate podcast. So, we've got a huge thank you, first of all, to everyone who went along to support the charity Beer Festival at the Garibaldi Pub in Red Hill. Uh, special thanks to Chris Warner, Paul and Yvonne Dyer, Anne and Bob Gray. And uh, Garibaldi also says we'd like to thank all of our sponsors who, without without them, none of this would have been possible. Over £2,000 was raised, which they're going to be donating to the Red Hill Food Bank and Surrey Choices, both of which they say are amazing local causes and we thoroughly agree also we've got this from stripey stalk you're gonna love this story yeah stripey stalk say this act of kindness blew us away maxine and john recently got married and instead of presents they asked their friends and family to make a donation to stripey stalk instead maxine says quote John and I are passionate about supporting Stripey Stalk with corporate volunteer days and weekly volunteering and we both felt this amazing charity needed to be part of our wedding once we started planning our day. I found an online wedding list company who would include the charity of our choice and wrote a plea to our guests with information about Stripey and Santa Stalk detailing the invaluable support they provide families around Surrey requesting a donation instead of wedding gifts. We were so happy to get donations from our kind guess stripey even featured in my wedding speech love it we had a truly special family day celebrating our blended family thank you so much to everyone who made a donation and of course to the happy couple says stripey for making us part of their special day these much needed donations will help us provide essential items to families who are experiencing hardship we wish them and their family every happiness that is such a fantastic story isn't it and congratulations to them for instead of having uh, gifts for Maxine and John's wedding day they asked for donations instead to go to Stripey Stalk and I'm really pleased to say I'm going to be uh, going along to Stripey Stalk to have a chat with them uh, Jane and her colleagues in the next few days so you'll be hearing that soon on a forthcoming edition of the Planet Rygate podcast the Good Time Guide. Things to do and places to go on the Planet Rygate podcast. Things to do, places to go, new people to meet, new horizons to discover, and also new interests to find out about. All sorts of things going on in the Planet Rygate area of Rygate and Redhill and Merstham and Bletchingley and Buckland and Betchworth and Brockham as well. And also... Things that are happening in our area from people outside and they bring things in to share with the Planet Rygate area. And that's what happened with the Surrey Vintage Vehicle Society. It was really interesting to meet up with them. They had a display of vintage vehicles, about a dozen or more of them, in Rygate Tunnel a few weeks back. 
So I went along with my microphone in hand to find out what it was all about and what was going on there. My name is Chaz Moody and I'm the membership secretary of Surrey Vintage Vehicle Society. My name's Alan Reid and I'm a, a member of the Surrey Vintage Vehicle Society. We have 15 vehicles here, in fact, in fact 16 including the motorbike we can see in the front here, which is Alan's 1930 Douglas motorcycle. We are interested in bicycles. Some of our members have lawnmowers of, of some distinction and rarity. But basically, we are predominantly cars. We've got quite a few cars here that I remember from my youth, and I'm kind of feeling I'm not that old, surely. We have a rolling time limit for eligible vehicles of 25 years. In fact, you don't even have to own a vintage car to join Surrey Vintage Vehicle Society. Anyone who's interested in old transport and vehicles are welcome to join. You can see the variety of, of uh, nationalities of cars in American uh, Italian, British, French cars. I can see the MG plate, that is a well-known uh, logo on the front. And is this the oldest here on display? I'm kind of thinking that it is, because there's not much to it, is there? Oh, just, because this is a 1933 MG J2. We do have a, a little Austin 7 there, which is 1934, so only a year's difference. But the difference between the two cars is remarkable. You have the MG sports car, and then the, the beautiful little utilitarian Austin 7. They were a basic sports car, but they were very popular in the day, and these were raced in the day as well. We're walking past a Ford Prefect yes, from Ford 1952, Prefect. and then we're coming up to some more, inverted commas, modern cars, aren't we? So The one we're looking at now, Triumph TR8, and this one dates from 1980. Um, this would have been the car that they would lust after as a, as a sort of schoolboy. They would have a picture of this on their wall, but it would be unaffordable or unobtainable. But uh, fortunately, now they've moved on a few years, they might be able to afford one. The TR6 I'm familiar with as well. Exactly. But, uh, so we've got a 1972 TR6 here, Triumph model. Um, once again... <laughs> This is an open sports car which would have been highly desirable in the day and quite expensive, much more expensive, say, than a family saloon car. And then we move on to a French car, a Citroën. This was the high-end version of the Citroën. This is actually um, a BX19, which is a, 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 a GT version. These cars are still being driven on the road as a matter of kind of day-to-day, -day, are they? Or are they kept under blankets in someone's garage and just brought out for special occasions? Well, I think they're just used in sort of high days and holidays as sort of a, a bit of a luxury, really. I don't think they're used in everyday transport. Presumably you've got to have a little bit of money to have well, two cars to begin with, haven't you? Let alone something which is slightly older that's going to need a lot of repair and looking after, perhaps. Well, generally it's sort of a, a petrol head who's interested in automobiles and cars who doesn't mind getting their hands dirty. Some of these cars can be obtained at reasonable prices, but they're all more than welcome in Surrey Vintage Vehicle Society. Point out one or two of the, of the final cars in our line-up today that have particularly caught your eye, that you're particularly fond of yourself. Here we have a, a Ford Capri, and not the Capri that many of us probably remember, the, the Bodium Door, no, this is an early Ford Capri. This is actually the Ford Console Capri of 1963. A similar model to the 
to the Ford Classic, which had a sloping back window similar to the Ford Anglia. And it's a huge boot, but these are very rare cars these days. Now, is there a problem with kind of health and safety? These are still roadworthy. They look in good condition, but I'm looking for for seat belts, and obviously it's not going to have crumpled zones, and it's not going to have airbags and things like that, is it? No, no. Some of the cars have got seat belts, but this car in 1963, seat belts were not compulsory, so they still don't have to have them. Also, with these cars, once they reach the age of 40 years, they don't actually need an MOT, and they're not, uh, you don't have to uh, have road tax for them. Alan, what was your first interest? What got you into cars? Was that in later years, or were you always interested in cars as a kid growing up? I've always been a bit, a bit, bit of a petrol head, but motorcycles and cars have always been my thing, really. Just tinkering with my father, mainly, I suppose. I think motorbikes are a little bit smaller, aren't they? More compact, so that the motorcycle is cheaper to maintain a motorcycle than it is a car. And what was it, Chance, that got you into cars in the first place? What's your kind of well, boyhood story? Well, the same as Alan, really. My background is motorcycles because they were a good starter for transport. You could ride a motorcycle at the age of 16 on a learner plate without any qualifications or anything. So the cheapest option was to buy an old motorbike, say. You've got your transport there. And then it was cheap to, to fix it and do it up yourself rather than take it down to the garage or Exactly, whatever. yes, yes. They were normally sort of smaller capacity motorbikes, which were quite easy to maintain. Alan, tell me why people should perhaps think about joining up and, and coming along to some of your events, some of your meetings. What, what do people get out of it? Well, we're just enthusiasts that share a common interest. And, of course, if there's any mechanical problems or engineering problems, we can sort of discuss them and um, perhaps a, a colleague will have a sort of a, an answer to the, the problem that you're having. So do you find that people have their own kind of specialism, someone's particularly good at body work and someone else is interested around the bonnet? Absolutely, yes. Quite a, a lot of the um, members are skilled engineers or panel beaters and they all ha- have their... Um, knowledge that they can share with us. Tell me a bit more about how people can get involved and where your next shows are and and your next events, because it's now coming up to winter, so you're going to be having some more indoor groups and talks on you. Well, Surrey Vintage has a website, and it's svvs.org, and you can look up on that and see all the meetings that we do and the programme of events. But generally, as winter approaches, our evening meetings turn to indoor where we have talks and lectures maybe films at Godston Sports Club Uh, but there are some lunchtime meetings and then on the 5th of November that's the the day of the London to Brighton veteran run we have a meeting we normally go out and watch the veteran cars and then gravitate to uh, the Black Horse at Hookwood for lunch so that would be worth calling along and, and just seeing some of the cars there and seeing what we do. Have a look on the website and see what our programme of events are and join us if you're interested. You'll be most welcome. And it was really good to meet and have a chat with Chaz and Alan there down at the tunnel in Rygate few weeks ago, as I say, and they told me all about those vehicles. And if you want to hear more about one of those vehicles that they mentioned, and that was the MGJ2, you'll hear it because it was our 60-second soundscape last week. So download last week's episode and scroll to the end. No, don't scroll to the end. Listen all the way through and you'll be able to hear at the end uh, the 
MGJ2, which featured, as I say, as our 60-second soundscape last week. This week's 60-second soundscape, not far away. We're also going to be hearing in a few moments' time more from Lucy of Lucy's Ladle fame. I've taken a bit of a taste test of one of her stews, find out what I thought of it. It was good, by the way. Spoiler alert. It was good, but hear more about that in a few moments' time. Plus, we've got our hidden treasure. I've, I've been asked by Julie to say, Peter, please mention, it's new with tags. So we'll find out together exactly what Julie is talking about and promoting that you can go along and buy this week from the Children's Trust charity shop on Bell Street in Rygate. But first, we've got the small issue of Crack the Code, haven't we? Crack the Code. A weekly game for Surrey spies. Yeah, can you work out where we were last week and also this week as well and certainly crack the code. So first of all, first things first, let's uh, put in the codes that have been suggested for this week and see whether or not we are able to uh, to get into the safe. This like, One, eight, nine, seven... Yeah, congratulations if you had 1897. That is the correct code that you have cracked for this week's Crack the Code. 1897. Congratulations to you. If you're wondering what on earth I'm talking about, you need to go back to last week's episode to find out the location for the code 1897. And if you're still intrigued about this week's code, then here is the clue. Stand by. Pen and paper at the ready. Here we go. Uh, Peter, where are you this week? This week's Crack the Code is on the corner of Upper West Street and West Street, coming into town from Buckland on the A25. There is a sign here which points to the left which says Upper West Street, long stay, parking, 108 spaces. And there's a picture of a bicycle. And on the post... There's a big black sticker with white numbers on it. But what are those white numbers? What is the code this week? I'll say it again for you. It's the corner of West Street and Upper West Street. There is a post right on the corner where the road splits. And there's a big sign at the top that says Upper West Street. Long stay parking, 108 spaces. There's a picture of a bicycle as well. And there is a big black sticky label. And on that black sticker label, there are white numbers with one, two, three, four, five digits in white. What is this week's code? The Planet Rygate podcast. Great stories from Rygate. This is the Planet Rygate podcast. I'm Peter Stewart. Thank you so much indeed for listening. Hopefully you've been able to catch our other episodes as well. They are still available, of course, on your podcast player of choice. In episode one and two, we took a look ahead and then back at Run Rygate. We've also talked about Earlswood's Best Front Garden Award. Yeah, Earlswood has its very own tropical garden. Hear about that in one of our previous episodes. We've heard about the arts takeover in Red Hill, which has just finished uh, in the last uh, couple of days. 
And also, uh, we've taken advice from a woman in Merstham who's an expert in stress-free pregnancies. What did we do last week? Well, we heard about this weekend's bricks and model events and also we heard a little bit more about the children's trust of course we've got that charity shop bell street in reigate and this week a little bit earlier on we heard didn't we from lucy who runs lucy's ladles from her home in earlswood those soups and stews and salads which are delivered right across the planet reigate area and you know what they taste absolutely fantastic Why can I say that? I can certainly vouch for the quality because when I went round to interview Lucy, I also managed to blag a free lunch as well. Okay, so we've just got a couple of things out of the microwave. You just heated them up for me, Mm -hmm. Lucy. So what have we got here? Yes, so this is a uh, butternut squash and lentil chilli from uh, Stewsday. Um, and it's actually, it's, it's a lovely recipe because it's got, it's not your normal sort of three bean Mexican chili, uh, because it's got quite a lot of coconut milk in it as well. And just some slightly different spices. So it's quite a sort of creamy, without the cream, obviously, <laughs> as the I'm The coconut milk does that, doesn't it? it? Does, That's it really, really useful does. for your soups. Uh, and very nourishing because squash is a wonderfully nourishing vegetable and you've got some lentils in there as well. So a real sort of meal in a bowl. Okay, so you've invited me to, to please uh, do to yes, test, which is always interesting when you're on a microphone and you're uh, <laughs> you're trying to talk and eat at the same time. So talk me through what kind of flavours, what kind of spices, and so on have you got? Yeah, there? so there's cumin in there and coriander, um, quite a lot of coriander seeds and cumin seeds, as well as just the ground spices that I like to put in. Fresh ginger, fresh chili, uh, garlic. Um, what else is in there? You've almost run remember. out of spices there, I think. <laughs> this is very hearty, isn't it? Yes, and very it tasty. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is going to go down really well on a... Uh, on, on, this is going to go down really... Oh, sorry. Oh, you're going to hold it? Yeah, oh, I was. I'm, so I'm the could... wrong way round, really. <laughs> this is going to go down really well in the, in the autumn or winter, isn't it? Yes, yeah. And, and stews, all the stews that, that I do are... I mean, I don't... I don't Tuesdays don't operate in the summer months. Uh, I sort of typically I stop them around Easter time and then they come back in September, October because of the whole weather mm-hmm. thing. Um, so, yes, it's very much a sort of autumn winter bowl of uh, bowl of bowl goodness. Bowl of goodness, absolutely. <laughs> we were both there at the same time. And over here, what have we got now? Yeah, so here we have a sweet potato and peanut stew, um, which is a North African recipe. Uh, and that's got some black eyed beans in it. Um, and tomato and yeah, quite a lot of peanut, uh, some spice, some chili in there. And the peanut, excuse me, talking with a mouthful, um, is adding a little bit of crunch. Yes, absolutely. So, and that's nice to have those different textures going on in a dish as well. I always think. And I can see up on your shelf, you've got a whole array of, of, of cookery books. Are you, are you following those religiously or do you use them for inspiration or are they kind of coffee table books? Yeah, good question. I mean, I do use them a fair amount. I like to flick through them and I will use recipes that I find as a sort of foundation, I suppose, and then sort of mess around with them a bit, if that makes sense. Um, not always, sometimes. But then you've just... got to write down what you've done so you can replicate it? Yeah, I'm not very good at doing that, which is why I change my recipes so often. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but yes, I do use my books and they're lovely tons sometimes just, as you say, for inspiration, uh, just to get some new ideas. And also, you know, online, I mean, the, the world of online as well. You know, there's some fantastic recipe blogs out there as well, which I like looking at. Well, thank you for inviting us again to your kitchen. How do people get in touch with you? Uh, the best way is either through Facebook at Lucy's Ladle or Instagram at Lucy's Ladle, or you can always give me a call. I love receiving a phone call. 07983 Excellent. I'm going to tuck into a bit more of this fantastic food. Lucy, thank you. Thank you. Hidden Treasure on the Planet Rygate podcast. This week's hidden treasure item for the Children's Trust and Planet Rygate podcast. It's an item of clothing, so a break from our bric-a-brac features. This is a jade green Betty Jackson black designer jacket. Beautiful colour of green. It will complement, I think, any outfit, but particularly with, I can see, sort of silhouette black items worn beneath so it has three buttons at each cuff it has a double breasted buttoned front it has a a really cute collar i would say it's probably about four centimeters deep and it has an unusual feature because it's gathered at the waist so it has sort of a frilled effect at the waist very complimentary very um, I think silhouette hugging it has a stitched back seam and two darts and the front is also darted for the breast fit so if you want to get this beautiful item it is a gift-aided item so it comes with extra value to the children's trust we're selling it for 20 pounds but an extra 25 pence in the pound will come to us as a result of the donor having signed up to our retail gift aid scheme so if you're thinking about buying this item or donating in the future and you qualify as a uk taxpayer and meet our criteria have a word with a member of our team and help us support more children with brain injury. This is the Planet Rygate podcast. And what do you know? It's the end of the show. Thank you, Planeteers, for the loan of your ears. Gosh, another packed episode telling you all sorts of things happening right across the area, Rygate and Red Hill, Merstham 2, Buckland, Betchworth, Brockham and Bletchingley, RH1, RH2, and RH3 as well. Please get in touch. Hello at theplanetrygatepodcast.com. Okay, so what have we got lined up for next week's show, which is going to be episode six, of course. Oh, by the way, if you enjoy the show, please let me know and leave a review on your favourite podcast app as well, yeah, because it just kind of helps G things along, you know, and uh, helps me know that because when I'm broadcast, when I put this out, you know, it's going into the void. It's going into. And I'd love to know what your reaction is and what features you particularly like, or maybe ones that you want to get involved with. Getting quite a few of those emails through at the moment, but it's always lovely to hear from you. Okay, next week on the show, a bit of deep breathing, a bit of relaxation, a bit of yoga. And when I'm talking about yoga, this isn't in a dusty and drafty church hall. No, no, no. This is yoga. In the magnificent surroundings of Buckland Park Lake. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to be hearing from Natasha next week. 
Looking forward to playing that for you. And also, well, I don't know. Should I just tease you? Certainly there's going to be Crack the Code. There's going to be the hidden treasure. There's going to be our 60-second soundscape. And talking of which, it's high time for this week's 60-second soundscape. Yeah, we always finish the show with 60 seconds or thereabouts of a fantastic, uninterrupted natural sound from somewhere in the planet Rygate area. So, I'll leave you with this. Thanks very much indeed for the loan of your ears. I'm Peter Stewart. Birds in the trees at Guzzle Cops near Betchworth on the Planet Rygate podcast. (laughs) 